Welcome to With the Dirt, the podcast that brings the adventure or the parking lot to you. Uh, I am Ali, also uh, known as Kate the Jeep online or Rick for Dirt on Instagram. Uh, you can contact me in both spots. Uh, you might know my Jeep, you may not know my Jeep, but I've been a Jeep guy for a while, and actually that's changing. I've got a got a little Subaru on the way for the new year, but Happy New Year! It's 2023. See ya, Ben. Um, we are here at the very first uh, Rick for Dirt RFD event in Laguna Hills, California. First Saturdays of every month we will be in this parking lot, which is next to the parking lot of the DMV and right above the 7-Eleven. So if you know that area in Laguna Hills, that's kind of where we are. And I'll find I'll find the directions or at least the address and uh, let you all know. But I am not by myself. Um, I am joined today with, who are you? I am Jesse Puffenbarger. I own Arc Trooper, uh, The Beast, which is the truck for those of you that don't know because I don't bright post. Green yeah, JL. my bright green girl with the big butt. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I compete in the Rebel. I teach off-road recovery classes. Tread lightly trainer. You're an official tread lightly trainer. I am an official tread lightly cool. trainer. Yes, yep. no joke. Yep. Not the foe. Not the foe. <laughs> I don't just hang out with the crew. I'm part of the crew. That's right. Yeah. I'm official. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you do quite a bit of things, all the things. As a matter of yes. fact, one of the first times we all became very intimately acquainted uh, with me, you, Robert, and Alex was at the second summer camp. Yes. Uh, Ashley and I had been driving up, blew my motor on the way up, decided mm-hmm. the show has to go on, got towed to camp. Uh, thanks to my buddy Bryce, uh, Golden Sadies. You should check out his Mercedes. Uh, diesel Mercedes Benz build. It's kind of like a, it's like a Nora race car. Yep. Awesome guy. Awesome build. Awesome Super build. Super cool. Dude. And he's got a, he's got a badass little uh, shitbox of a truck that goes everywhere. <laughs> yes. Um, that he brought out too uh, the last time we went to summer camp. But And his family is just the oh, nicest people. Yeah. The, the Ronzenets are, are one of my favorite people. Yes. Period. I mean, no offense to you guys. I like you guys too, but there's a special place in my heart yes. for them. Yeah. I hear you. And they've done so, so much. Uh, similar to you guys. You guys, uh, getting back to the story, I blew the motor. We had a great time at summer camp, mm-hmm. um, at least the two days that I can remember. And then... Um, and then I came. Then, then it came time to pay the bill, which was how the fuck do I get from Arizona, yes. Williams, Arizona, back home? Right. And uh, and you guys are like, oh well, we have a whole flat tire set up, and yes. we were planning on flat towing the Jeep and saving a couple bucks, but we'll just spend a shitload of money and tow you back, you know. And, and we were glad to do it. And I, I mean, was so appreciative. That's of what that. friends are for, you know. You can't depend on your friends who can you. Right. You know. Absolutely. So. You guys towed me all the way back home, and uh, we had it made a, for a fun trip back. Yeah, though. we had a great yeah. time to talk and have a conversation, and realize whether or not we like each other. Right. Um, and uh, so far, <laughs> and so here good. Here we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's how we really got acquainted. Um, right. And then, you know, from there, you guys have been to subsequent events. You've been out to the Rick for Dirt events. I've been out to your guys' events out at Temecula. Yes. You guys, you guys are highly, deeply connected with the Temecula Jeep Club. Yes. Right? Yep. Um, and also doing your own thing, right? Yes. We have some a big event coming up. Rick Fest. Rick Fest. Exactly. Rick fast. I love how you do that. I'm gonna have to have you uh, send me a clip of that. <laughs> 
be there, be there, be there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Rig Fest is, is going to be an event. Um, we already have it listed on uh, our website, ourtrooperjl.com. So that's A R C T R O O P E R. Yes. JL. Yes. For those of you that don't know, I'm a super Star Wars nerd. So. That's where is that it name you? Comes. Is it all in you? Is that why? It's actually like- family thing, believe it or not. All okay. of us are just in love with Star Wars. That's why we named the truck the Beast, mm-hmm. and it's in Star Wars language. And then the Jeep Arc Trooper, because that stands for Advanced Reconnaissance Commando okay. Which is Trooper. a good name for a Rebel Rally car. <laughs> but, well, that too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we thought the reconnaissance part, you know, fitted our love of adventure. And uh-huh. so, you know, we just decided that that was a great name for it. Yeah, no, and, and you know, what you've done with that, and you guys have a good relationship with uh, uh, Rebel Off-Road as well. Oh, absolutely. The Rebel family is just, they've been so good to us. You know, and Whenever yeah. we're at events, you're camped out, usually with Bond or Evan, and... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That has just turned into such... I, I mean, we've just become like family. I mean, it's just... We, we laugh at each other's yeah. jokes and, you know, I mean, we just have such a good time together. Share the same sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It helps, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but uh, but then you also have the fame of having competed in and completed a Rebel Rally. Yes. When in, was that? In 2020, I did the Rebel Rally. That one was from Tahoe to border of Mexico, Glamis. Um, and... Uh, I mean, it was such a great experience. You travel and you, for those of you that don't know, you navigate without uh, any electronic devices. So there's no Gaia. You use a map and compass, literally old school navigation. And you're chasing. wayfinding, yeah. Exactly. And you're chasing 15 to 20 checkpoints a day. Uh, You need to be able to work on your own rig and and do stuff. So that was a blessing for me because I love working on my rig. Uh, Because if you need mechanical help, that's a penalty. So because it's points driven, you know, the more more self-sufficient you can be, the better off you are. Okay. Right. And then um, tell me, tell me about how it works when you have a partner so originally yeah yeah i mean originally when i was going to do it i was going to do it with my best friend uh and unfortunately you know circumstances beyond her control she got covid lost her job uh you know it's just it was a spiral and so i was like oh you know i think i'm gonna have to quit so you know i reached out to andrea and emily miller at the rebel and they said oh you know what we think we have you know somebody that would be a good fit for you and so you know i went off their recommendation you know because they had done the rebel Mm -hmm. obviously coordinated all that good stuff um emily is a former racer herself so she's she's involved in all kinds of things and oh absolutely i'm I'm trying to find which episode it was that frank and i actually went to her house oh in encinitas here we go it was uh encinitas california correct Uh, it was episode 53 so if anybody's interested or curious about the rebel rally go listen to episode 53 Mm -hmm. we sit down with emily Miller and there's actually a two part to it. That was how much how much stuff we covered was episode fifty three and fifty four. Oh wow. Um, I can believe it. And such a great time and and it's and it's so cool to see like her level of events. Because I, mm-hmm. I do events and um, that's a whole other ball game when you're working with so many moving parts and it's not a cheap event. Oh yeah. Know? There's a lot to it, right? Yes, yeah. The uh, entrance fee is is fourteen grand. Yeah. <laughs> entrance fee. So you know it's a little 
little steep, uh, but, you know, I mean, it is eight-day race. It's not, or excuse me, eight-day rally. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, Emily. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a race. It's not a race. It's a rally. Yeah, I, uh, I, there's, a, there's a reason why you, you're kind of like, oh, you know got to make sure you use the right uh warning for that it's because uh you guys are based on like a time there it's is like a time speed yeah well there is so there's you have to enduro, be under the limit right there, yes so Sorry. there's each checkpoint has times open and closed times that you have to make it by mm -hmm. um there's certain checkpoints there are mandatory checkpoints okay so if you're going those are greens if you're going to a, gr a green checkpoint then you can get all the blues and blacks in between blues have a tiny tiny little marker sometimes behind a bush and then blacks have no so you're literally going off of your skill to find the there's black checkpoint no, there's, there's no, no marker of any kind so what, what do they call those pile of rocks usually you see on trails to let you know where it's oh going? what are those Car called cairns cairns c-a-i-r-n-s yeah yes. nothing like that huh yes no nothing at all so literally when you press the the tracker so that they know you're clicking you're at a checkpoint you're just we call it press and pray because okay. you don't know if you're you've got it or not if it's registered exactly and, and if it doesn't register is that an issue like so what it'll do is it'll tell you the coordinates so it's up to you to know whether you were close enough to get it because they have a radius range that you can have to be within a certain amount of kilometers and that's the other thing it's all in kilometers okay nothing in miles so you have to have to know your the, stuff the americans <laughs> are all like confused exactly and it, it takes a hot second to get used to you know even the speed is in kilometers so oh, really? yeah so you i put my you know jeep right now it's all in kilometers everything just so you get a feel for it you you adapt quickly but it you does start take to a while is it helping you to understand the relation between kilometers and miles too like oh absolutely absolutely because yeah you're you know if you're traveling somewhere and you're going three miles at you know let's say 50 kilometers that's 30 miles an hour you have to figure out okay how long is it going to take me you right. know same kind of same kind of thing but yeah it does help you adapt so you know that fourteen thousand dollar price tag is pretty hefty what is what is that where does that go what is it what does it go towards um like you know what what's involved so that covers our entrance fee they do feed us um a breakfast coffee mm -hmm. uh in the morning and then we're out all day and then they have a um a, a Michelin chef that cooks for us at the end of the day. That doesn't suck, huh? No, yeah. no, that doesn't suck at all. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, and then there is also a, a gala at the end to celebrate the completion and the accomplishment of, of I mean, it really, it's an accomplishment just to complete yeah. the Rebel for eight days. I mean, we get up, I'm up at 4 a.m. each day on the Rebel. You can't leave your tent until 5 because oh, wow. you got to be ready to go. And you have to pack up all your stuff. You're camping the entire way. So you have, you have to literally haul and carry all your stuff for from base camp to base camp to base camp because you're constantly moving, you know, to travel the, you know, almost 1,500 miles, which oh, is wow. 2,100 kilometers, um, generally that the rally is. Okay. And so, yeah, it's 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 a, a long day at the end of the day, so it's great to come back to a nice, hot meal. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So do you just reach into your uh, little wallet and pull out $14,000 and throw it down on the table and be like, let's uh, go? No, no. I, I, I wish I had that but doesn't work they, that way no, no it doesn't work that way at least not in my family <laughs> but you know thankfully I, i've had a lot of support um we're about halfway through 
um, with raising the, okay. the entrance fee. So, nice. you know, um, the community has been great. We had a raffle that uh, we had in June, and that was a, an awesome turnout. Um, and we're hoping to finish off with, you know, a couple more uh, raffles and, of course, RigFest, finish off the rest okay. of the entrance fee. Um, When's RigFest? RigFest is March 10th through the 12th. Okay. It's going to be at Laser Town. So, you know, Johnson people, Valley. adult playground. It's awesome area. Yeah, uh, yeah in Johnson Valley. And, um, yeah, it's going to be ticketed events. So you'll need a ticket. Can't just show up. Um, but, yeah, we're going to have vendors there. It's going to be a great time to, to get to know the people behind the product. Yeah, we're going to have a little happy hour, actually, on a Friday night. Absolutely. We're, we're I'm gonna so going to call it Fast, Fast Fridays, Fast Friends Fridays. Yes. Um, Friday with uh, Rove Adventure Beer and Tread Lightly. And, yes. uh, and Fast Friends, of course. Rick Verdur will be out there. We'll be doing podcasts. And, I'm so excited to have you guys yeah. doing the Fast Friends Friday. Yeah, that's going to be That's going to be gonna awesome. Time. If you guys haven't seen, go check out uh, fastfriends.fun, F-U-N. Um, that's the URL. And uh, it's a little... It's a little side hustle that uh, me, uh, Randy from KC, and mm-hmm. Dustin from Rugged have kind of come together to just, you know, make things a little fun and yeah. have something to keep us busy and sane, you know, creatively and, you know, uh, put some shirts out there that I think kind of appeal to our community uh, versus a lot of the guys you see wearing a lot of moto mm-hmm. gear and it's like well you're not really a moto guy you no know? and so. uh, my favorite smiles per gallon yes, I'm actually, i love that I'm wearing one. that one right now yeah. i love that one that yeah. one is my favorite <laughs> Thanks. i've been saying that forever i love that you put on a shirt that i can wear and just you know it makes you smile that was literally one of the first phrases i ever heard uh when i first even started into this whole like vehicle-based adventure thing and it stuck and i'm like one day i'm gonna have that it needs to be a t-shirt yes. yeah i need Broadcast it, it, I mean, it's a lifestyle because yeah. who wants to really say, oh, I make 10 miles per gallon on my Jeep. Like, uh, who mm, wants to say, who I, wants just, to think of that? I just spent $100 to fill up and it's going to last me two days. You right, know, like, exactly. I got, a, I got a Subaru Crosstrek, <laughs> uh, like I said, and uh, that thing gets like 400 and something on a tank. And oh I'm like, my gosh. Dude, I could go to San Francisco. You're and like the truck. Never, never have to fill up. I wish That's you could tow crazy. my Jeep. It would have been the perfect car oh you know? my gosh the truck's insane by the way yeah, like the guy the guy the a it's a bitch and build but b um the fucking fuel mileage uh, the gas oh, mileage on that crazy. thing is ridiculous it's crazy even, even when we're towing the jeep yeah whether we're flat towing or have the trailer it gets great mileage were you getting like 20 like was yeah. it was it over two yeah. zero yeah we were well on the way back i think we were from towing you i think we were at like 18 um when we're towing like the full uh, 20 foot trailer uh-huh. with the with rig the and the with the jeep on it and the motos um we're probably at like 16 that's stupid but still that's, that's great so mileage stupid. that's like that's like mileage i would get on a good day with the old motor right on my jeep yeah let alone pulling a foot being a full-size truck which mm-hmm. is like all kitted out and fully loaded in itself and then pulling a trailer and then pulling a jeep and having some motos on top like right? that's insane so exactly definitely makes a case for buying something like that what is that it's the <laughs> ramp 20 2500 diesel comments Ugh. Yeah. you gotta have the diesel i'm jealous <laughs> 
But this thing gets like seven miles a gallon behind you. I Kate, know. Kate, Kate, the fucking yeah. <laughs> I Thirst, hear you. Thirsty bitch. Yes, they are thirsty. Yeah. But you know, you gotta love those girls. So, <laughs> so we talked about Rebel. Uh, you got about another seven grand to go. You've got a, a, the full year yeah. to raise oh, it. Oh, and right? then plus I still will have fuel expense. Oh, you guys have to buy. They you they bring to, fuel for so you. So they bring a tanker out. You're not. It's really crazy because. You're not allowed to fill it, so I have to beg, borrow, and steal to get them to, like, shake my Jeep. Because, you know, Jeeps, they have that, like, air bubble in it at the end. Oh, yeah. Is that it? 100%. Is that that what it is? 100%. You just need to get every drop in there? You have to get every drop. Well, because on the Rebel, you can't, if you need, if you run out of gas and they have to tow you back, you're in trouble. Well, one, it's not a good look. Two, it's a penalty. Yeah. So you have to manage your fuel. So I'm like, no, there's an air bubble. Like, I can go, this thing can go to 250. (laughs) Fill it up. So thankfully, they, a lot. Of, I know last time the guy, this guy's really liked my Jeep. So we'd sit there and talk about the parts and the stuff. And so they were, they were great guys. They don't but let you personally. No, fill you up. cannot touch anything. Interesting. You have to stay in the vehicle even when they're filling it up. Okay. Yeah. So, but 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 at the end you get a bill. And, and there's a convenience fee on and there. He, and here's how much you spent. <laughs> yeah. So it's full service. So in 2020, I spent 1,500. Oh, on fuel. On fuel. Oh, wow. And that was 2020 prices. So now yeah. I'm thinking, oh, it's probably going to be like closer to two to, two two to three. Th- well, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking at least 2000 Yeah. on fuel. So then I, I still have to pay for that. Yeah. And then I have to pay, um, yeah, and then anybody that wants to go to the gala, I have to buy tickets. Oh, really? Yeah. Like anybody I only get entrance be- for myself. So, okay. yeah, anybody else so that I want to go. So Rob or Alex wants to yeah, come. Yeah, I have to buy them a ticket. It's like, sorry, Alex, your girlfriend has to stay home. <laughs> We're not paying for her. <laughs> We've already spent too much on this thing. <laughs> you just met her anyways. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> Don't talk back. Shut up. Um, that was to Alex, not to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not there yet. My kids are, uh, the oldest is 12, so I can only imagine what it's going to be like. Oh, yeah. Um, once they start bringing girls like, home, and you have to yeah. vet them and feel them out. Exactly. And, and see what they're all about and what their intent is. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole new thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so is, that his, is that his first girlfriend? Or? Oh, no. Oh, he's had no. others. So. But... Serious. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen him roll through with uh, female. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. my, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she's we'll got She's got to enjoy it if she's oh, going to be part of the family, right? Absolutely. Like, is that like a criteria? Like, hey, if your girlfriend doesn't like this, well, like, you can't stay I mean, you'll probably laugh, but we've, we're mostly serious. We're like, okay, so first criteria, have to pee all the pee in the wild. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> I mean, really. Sorry. You're Sorry, not wasting our go, bags Right? We go places. Pee. Well, no, but we go places where there's no bathroom. Mm-hmm. If, if you can't go in the wild you're in, you know that's not gonna work for us yeah you know and then to camping so we're taking her on her first camping trip so we're actually okay. pretty excited about that we're going to to practice for the rebel okay. next weekend up in ridgecrest and so that's, that's gonna right be at the her... low, lower part of the sierras like at the foot of yes, the sierras right? exactly yeah. down at the base yeah okay. we're gonna rip through some of the um ohv parks because it makes okay. it a little harder to find because there's you know no defined trail if there's a defined trail it's a little easier to stay on track but if there's no defined trail 
makes it harder to navigate. Right. So, so we're gonna go up like Spangler Hills, um, Dove Springs, you know, some of those OHV wagon wheel, um, okay. and you know, rip through there on some courses that I've preset, um, and you know, try and find the checkpoints without the use of anything. And, exactly, yeah. strictly the map awesome. and the compass. I've got it all plotted out, and um, we'll start off the day just like on the Rebel. We'll get up early, plot our points, head out, be gone the entire day, and come back. And hopefully, Robert and Crystal, my partner's uh, husband, Cisco, hopefully they'll have dinner ready for us, yeah. <laughs> like on the Rebel. You have one job, <laughs> right? <laughs> Michelin quality food, right? <laughs> I need good food. We're gonna be really hungry when we come back. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So uh, in your attempt to raise money, what are the ways that people can help you out? So I have team merch, so they can buy our, our team shirt, which I think turned out fantastic. It's got a nice Jeep, the trees in the background, a rally skeleton on there. There's this um, people love skeletons. Right? You got a I mean, yeah. me too. I, I'm partial to that. Uh, so, yeah, so we are selling team merch on our website. We also have team merch at events that we sell. Um, also, my art trooper hats. Um, we have stickers. So a bunch of stuff people bunch can of, buy. Yeah, a bunch of swag that you can buy. Um, and then also we're taking donations. We have a GoFundMe. Um, there's a link to that on my website, um, or they can message me. Um, or if they just want to, you know, contribute, they can send it PayPal, you know, Venmo, any of that stuff. Um, we accept. So, and then there's links to all of that stuff on my website, Instagram, all that good stuff. So that, that there it is. There you you heard it. Uh, love to see Jesse kind of get whole and, and funded and out there. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing all the the content and uh, just just how you how you do like it's oh. it's fun because you can track you guys live yes. on the app. And, yep, uh, there's an app every day. You can see the standings and how we're doing. And you know, I know last time my husband was, Robert was like, "Oh, you're going the wrong way." He said he was shouting at the screen, and I'm like. Yeah, that didn't do me any good. Not yeah. like I can hear you. <laughs> you you didn't race last year, but uh, my buddy Ernesto's wife raced. Yes. Um, and she and yeah, her partner. Yeah, Beth did. Beth and mm-hmm. uh, I was able to track her, just kind of see yep. how they were doing as, as they go. And yeah, it's wild. It's wild to see uh, how. Uh, um, yeah, like how far they travel and mm-hmm. then they kind of loop back, right? Mm-hmm. You, you come back to camp. Is well, that it just works? It, it, it depends. Certain days, there's usually a two to three base camps that you'll be at for one to two nights. Okay. Every other base camp, you'll travel um, from location to location, so then that'd be more point to point. Uh, and then there's one night where they call it the marathon stage, where you're solely, you're on your own for food, everything. Um, so then you're like basically two days without rebel support, um, and then you have to stop at a specific checkpoint to get more fuel. Have you asked for a discount because of that? Because of that, no. <laughs> So, you know, so you're yeah. throwing it out there. Oh my gosh, I would love that. <laughs> Sorry, Emily. I'm just kidding. It's yeah. expensive. Um, I it like, is, but you know, it's a challenge, and yeah. you know, for me, that's part. Of, that's the majority of it is the challenge of doing it and seeing how well you can do. And you know, first year, you're kind of just getting your feet wet, figuring out how this works, figuring out about navigation. I mean, the first year taught me a lot. 
And it also taught me I knew way more about navigation than I thought. I thought that I was going to be the weak person on the navigation, right. but it turns it out. Clicked. Yeah, it re- really clicked. It doesn't click for everybody. No, it doesn't click for everybody. And, and the topography part of it, I think, is one of the harder parts because it's like you, you look at this flat map and you see... 10 lines well what does that equate to in your vision right. you know how high is that mountain are you looking at are these 10 squiggly lines that elevation on the mountain you're mm-hmm. looking at and so you know it, it takes a while to get used to it's definitely a learned skill and one frankly that it's you know it's perishable too because oh, I've yeah. done I've done classes on wayfinding with you know compass mm-hmm. and reading maps and measuring maps and measuring distance with the ruler and all mm-hmm. that cannot tell you anything i know i know n means north yes s is south and that's it like that's all i've retained and it sucks because you know after the after this like you know one day immersion course um i was doing exercises after Mm -hmm. i was like okay this is fun and then i forgot it all so yeah you definitely have to keep up oh absolutely i know in all our adventures i will always not only plan it on gaia which we all use and love but I also plan it on a paper map. Okay. And I plot my points, and I plot my gas stations, I plot, you know, oh, here we're going to camp. Um, you know, just because, one, now I have that concern, oh, well, what happens if our electronics don't work? Right. You know, or, or something. So, you know, since I can read the map, why not have it as a backup? Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. You guys uh, also have to buy a little piece of equipment too, right? Like on, out of your pocket as well? Is that, so we have it? to rent uh, the tracking software. We have to, it's about $700. It was last time I did it. I'm not sure what and it'll be this it year. Oh, no. Oh. No, you turn it in at the end. They'll literally mount what looks like a Garmin uh, in. Yeah, the like an inreach. Like an inreach, uh-huh. yeah. Onto your vehicle, they'll strap it on, um, and then they use that to track you, and then they give you a handheld device that connects to it that you click when you're at each checkpoint, and so that how, they can track that's you. That's how they know where you're going and yeah. what time you get. Yeah, and in. it's for safety. I mean, if something happened, or if you were not moving for a long time, they could be, you know, send somebody out to check on you. You know, because yeah. I mean, really, huh. the only time you should not be moving is if you're replotting figuring out where you are but you know if you're there longer than an hour probably something's wrong something's up yeah yeah, That's yeah. Cool. which you know if you're in the sand maybe you're digging yourself out <laughs> you yeah. know that could be are there uh are there any major like upgrades you're working on on the on the jeep to get it ready or no I mean, I'm just doing maintenance stuff right now. I know uh, Rebel's working on adjusting my tie rod, um, you know, so that I get maximum uh, use out of my boots. Um, You know, just little things, dialing it in, making sure everything's good, because especially on the on the rebel you know the more sound your vehicle is the better off you'll be right. less you have to work on i mean each day you can go to the mechanics area and, and look under your rig every day which i did and i was honestly thankful i did because on there my um the hose on my muffler the clamp came off okay so i caught it when we were at there that night put a new one on and we were good to go but had i not you know my pipe would have been rattling loose and rattling away so yeah um it's interesting that it's not a uh, it's not a speed-based race it's uh when i say time speed it's like you have to stay within a 
you have to stay within the posted limits at all times, right? And then it's all based off of how quickly you can navigate through. Because there's like, you can go really wide, you can go really like tight. It's all about how you find your path, right? Correct. Yeah. You. I mean, you basically are plotting, figuring out how you're going to get to that checkpoint. They're not telling you. And that's how. And that's what your score is based on. Is that your like your place is based off of how efficiently you navigate and how quickly you get to your spot without exceeding the limit, right? The speed limit? The speed limit and the time limit okay. because there's also a time limit. Like, for example, the first green checkpoints are mandatory and the first one usually opens within zero to, you only have two hours to get to there from your your start time, which is staggered. Um, not everybody starts at the same time. And there's different courses, so if you're deciding to follow somebody, you could be following them right to the wrong checkpoint. Right. Yeah. So then you're in trouble. Yep. Um, um, but, you know, if you get lost, that's going to take time from you. So that's why there's a start and a stop time. Um, but if you if you miss a checkpoint, you know, blue and blacks aren't as big of a deal, but greens you have to hit. Because right. if you don't hit a green, you literally have to skip every checkpoint in between because you have to hit them in order. You can't just hit them Ugh. in the order you want. So you, you have to go one. in numeric order. Oh, so, no. yeah, if you forget one, you have to skip it go to the next one or go to the next green checkpoint if you miss the time window for that checkpoint so you can lose a whole bunch of points yes exactly so it's really strategy and and accuracy okay and then uh, you got kind of like a a summer campy thing coming with Rickfest. what's the Mm -hmm. it's like a three-day thing in laser town yeah three-day thing in laser town yep friday everybody will show up camp uh we'll have fast friend friday happy hour um and then the next day we'll have a, a trail ride we'll have a difficult and um probably like a tour of the hammers like a more moderate um, type trail. Yeah, amazing trails out there, by the way. Oh, like, there's so yeah, many trails. So I right. love that. I love Johnson Valley. Um, and then we'll do some uh, vendor experiences. Um, still finalizing a little bit of that. I'm hoping to uh, have there's uh, Cody has a great RC course. Mm-hmm. So if any of you are coming and you have RCs, bring them because there's an awesome RC okay. course. It's it's really really legit course <laughs> I, got a, I got a bunch of buddies that they're so fanatical into that shit and yeah. it's like I want to give them a hard time but then I appreciate it too because mm-hmm. anything anything motorized with wheels like right? you can understand why people love it it's like it's oh. why we liked Hot Wheels when we were kids and you know and that just progressed into these behemoths now that we exactly. like put all our time and money into exactly yeah. and some of those things can go so far so fast it's crazy the speed that some of those little things have dude and they cost thousands yes yeah it's yeah crazy. i know i'm working on one right now are I you got, really yeah oh, i i wanted to have a little mini me so <laughs> i have it i have the rebel rc and i'm having it painted green my mojito color and right. yeah so um so what what else is going on uh, really just getting ready for RigFest, planning on, um, uh, you know, doing a lot of training uh, between now and the Rebel, uh, just to make sure we have our communication and navigation dialed in. Um, and then I'm going to Jeep Beach, so I'm super excited oh, about that. Oh, you're going to Jeep Beach this year? I'm going to Jeep Beach, That's yep. Rad. You're going with the Rebel crowd? Yep. 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 We're going out. First time I've been going to be going to Jeep Beach, so I'm excited. And That's it's right. her 20th. So it should be it should a, be a bigger one. Yeah, it should yeah. be a bigger one. I hear I'm it's sure. a zoo out there. It's That's like, what I hear. Yeah. yeah, but I'm curious to see like you know some of the 
of those big transformer jeeps with the big you know boom box systems 20, like and stuff. the 24s yeah. you know wrapped in like a rubber band yeah and yeah, all, yeah. The, all the neon lights in the world right yeah yeah i'm thinking it's just you know it'll be a different scene whereas different we spend scene. money on all the parts for rock crawling and stuff they're like lights sound you know all that good stuff so i'm really excited to see it it's it like should be fun we build our shit to be functional on the trail they build their shit to be functional on the street mm-hmm. down the strip you know like yeah <laughs> yeah but it makes for a good show yeah. so it should be yeah, fun yeah, yeah yeah um well awesome i'm glad we got a chance to connect it's been a long time coming yes um it's couldn't have asked for a better opportunity first of the year first rick for dirt um got a lot coming yeah. You know, with Rigfest that we're going to be working on together, and, and mm-hmm. other other things, uh, whether it's through uh, the events you do in Temecula or these Rig for Dirt uh, deals that uh, that we got going on here, um, it's it's nice to see everyone come together, have such a great time. Food was awesome. Oh, it was great. Your today. pizzas, you were making pe- breakfast pizzas, which yes. were just ridiculous. I had that uh, <laughs> maple syrup and pineapple and uh, yes. sausage. I think nice little breakfast pizza. Dude, it was rad. That, yeah. was, that went together really well. I know. I wasn't sure it was going to come together. And my, no, was, my family awesome. were like, when I first made it, they were like, are you sure you're going to put all that together on a breakfast pizza? You're just throwing the shit out the I'm wall like, and see yeah, what sticks. Yeah, exactly. It turned out it's really good. Yeah. It's like having dessert for breakfast. Right. <laughs> Who doesn't like that? Um, yeah, my gut doesn't like that. <laughs> My, my, my stomach <laughs> but it was delicious I'm sorry um, and then uh, what else do we have coming up uh, we've got Keen the Hammers are you guys going to be at the Hammers at all so I probably will be at the second half of the Hammers okay. I have a work commitment the first half but okay. yeah we, I mean we usually never miss the Hammers so yeah, I'm, I'm throwing a little soiree uh, oh. with uh, Milestar Shock Surplus um, Torco KC Rove Adventure Beer of course and then who else do we have? We have Dirty Life Wheels and we have Torque Masters. Oh, nice. Um, all coming together to just throw a, throw a fun, have a fun experience. And then my buddy Jordan, I don't know if you've ever seen him. He's, he does the forging, Lost Sasquatch. So he, he's, he's got a mobile forging setup and a badass uh, square body truck that he just built. Um, but he's going to be bringing that out. And he's going to be doing like keychains for everybody. Oh, fun. So this will be uh, during the, this will be essentially a kickoff party for Tread Lightly. Oh, nice. Um, we'll be doing a cleanup earlier that day and then chilling yeah. in the afternoon. And then that night, kind of cut loose. <laughs> And, and have a good time mm-hmm. and um, I don't know yet I might be doing I guess I might be uh, you know I didn't volunteer for it but I might be doing a, a little talk on putting sponsorship proposals together and how how, how it, on the marketing side what we're looking for as you know marketing people when people are submitting decks and um, what could help them in their race careers stand out from others or at least borrow from some of the things that work for those of us who don't even have a race program but still manage to build relationships and build partnerships mm. uh, which when you think about the overland space I mean it's like none of us are racing there's no, no there's no national media coverage but mm-hmm. um, you know the way we do it you know you, you, you too is like you know you leverage your social you leverage mm-hmm. your community and then uh, you build something well the race 
racers. They're amazing, you know, warriors on the trail and and on the on the track, um, but they they lack sometimes that creative ability mm-hmm. to put something together. So we're gonna we're gonna try to put something together. I've, I've been talking to Martin. I think I'm gonna kind of get at least a little template together that would help them start, give them a good starting place. Oh, I want to do that. Yeah, I'd like to learn. Yeah, I'd like to learn from the master. Yeah, you. Um, you should come out on. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's like literally right before the second week starts, so it's that weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, so let me know if you're interested, and I'll yeah. give you details. Oh we're, no, definitely. We're not trying to broadcast it. It's like it's already kind of blowing up, and we yeah. we're trying to keep it to a certain like sure. level. But we'll, we'll have music. Uh, Shock Surplus is doing like a margarita bar. Um, nice. We're we're gonna be doing a quesadilla bar for like apps, and then we got a taco truck coming out. We'll have live music. Uh, like I said, Jordan's gonna be forging live forging on site little keychains for everybody or oh, lost supplies so lost um, and, uh, and just you know any excuse I can make to have a party with somebody else's yes. money I usually you know I'm all in on that I'll, I'll put the work in that's my that's my sweat <laughs> equity you know I hear you um, and it, it definitely is sweat equity doing uh, events dude, for sure yeah I mean you guys have built such an amazing I mean if anybody's in and around the Temecula area uh, you should uh, how, how can they find out about the events that happen is it just through just through Facebook the Facebook group Temecula Jeep and Off Road, and we're not just Jeep exclusive. Yeah, no, there's Everybody. all kinds of mix. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, definitely come out to that. Yeah, because uh, it's and you guys are doing it at the the hamburger spot. What's it oh, called? Oh yeah, Burgers and Brew in Burgers Temecula, and Brew. last Wednesday of every month. Okay, so you guys are last Wednesdays. We're first Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to kick something off for the Inland Empire, similar to uh, um, kind of what we do here. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, since I I'm more local over there. Mm-hmm. So I would love. Oh sure. I would love to have something kind of closer, closer to home, and just yeah. let Frank handle this on the regular, which he does. He oh, unfortunately yeah. Frank couldn't be here, which sucks because he was so looking forward to this whole yeah. potluck that we had going on. He, he's he's going to be bummed when he sees the video of like all the food. Oh, and I know. The how the community kind of came together, and dude, people are still here, and it's like it's almost over. Like it's basically we go from eight to eleven. Yes. You know, and uh, yeah, it was a great turnout. Out. Well, I think, you know, food helps. Food helps and the weather is good, (laughs) too. The weather is beautiful. Actually, you know what? The Bloody Mary's that... Yes, that was awesome. I didn't expect that. Yeah. I was hoping somebody was doing mimosas or Bloody Mary's, and I would take either. Um, (laughs) So, nice way to start my day. We're going to... From here, I'm going to head out and... Meet up with my family and then uh, my buddy Matt and his family, and we're gonna do a little overnighter with the kids oh, nice. and the wives and nice. do a big bonfire. So looking forward to that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's really nice to kind of get back into it. Honestly, I, yes. I mean I've taken a taken a big break. Um, you know, Frank and I went through some stuff in terms of figuring out what future, what the future looked like mm-hmm. for Rick for Dirt and uh, and I. You know, I'll be honest. I was on the fence of even. Uh, getting it going again honestly i you know i'm glad you guys it worked was, it out it was easier it would have been easier to just walk away and just focus on everything else mm-hmm. in life like got a new job at makita mm-hmm. you know the tool company yeah and how's that's, that going it's it's super demanding but i love it oh and that's good it's a, it's a great team out there um great, of course great product um i've been very mm-hmm. blessed and fortunate in my career to where i've worked for like uh top three companies mm-hmm. you know uh five eleven tactical number one in its space uh, right. casey lights one of the top three companies in their space right 
and uh, um, now uh, now Makita, which is also a top three mm-hmm. tool company in uh, you know the, in the residential and professional tool space. So mm-hmm. it's been it's been awesome. It's been awesome, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. You know, with that, but it's just so much time. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it was way easier when my job coincided with my passions. Yes. And now it's like it's even harder now because now my my passions are also kind of work with Rick for Dirt, but right. then work is work. Yes. And the only one that really pays the bills is work work. Right. You know? <laughs> I know. It's it's like having an, an another full-time job for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For and, sure. And especially when you start doing events too and the yes. mix like summer camp. Yes. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about summer camp because that's, summer camp's like literally like a one-month full-time job commitment to yes. organize, orchestrate, and uh, coordinate and then I totally execute. get that. So if you need help, yeah. you just call oh, us. I appreciate we it. We are down for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to coming out to Rickfest. I'm looking forward. Oh, it should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Be sure and watch. We're going to have tickets on sale shortly. Okay. Um, How much are so- they go for it have you guys decided we're still finalizing okay. two things but yeah it, i mean it, it's going to be reasonable and it's including a lot i mean look at fast friends friday is going to be on rebel yeah. off road it's going to do saturday happy hour okay cool so uh, dang brothers pizza is coming um still finalizing a little bit of that stuff um and then there's some other vendor vendor items that we're working on but there's going to be swag bags we have a ton of items there's going to be a raffle too okay we have Gotta some have the raffle oh yeah and we have some big big items that I'm really excited to to start announcing. I mean, there's stuff from Napier, 4122, Rebel Off-Road, KC Highlights, um, Off-Road Vixens. I mean, there's just... There's some really, really good big prizes. And will this RickFest essentially also help fund your Rebel? So, yeah, some of it's going to go. Obviously, there's costs involved in the event, like everybody knows. Um, You know, got to pay the space, all that. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, But then, yeah, some of it's going to go to the Rebel. Um, We're also giving a portion of the proceeds to Trail Therapy Off Road, which is a veterans organization that helps vets combat PTSD. With that's Kevin. What, yes, that's Kevin. Yep. Um, with, you know, what we love is trail riding. Yeah. So, you know, it's a great cause and, you know, love it being part of that. Yeah, my friend uh, Kara Brand is also involved in a lot of uh, those types of efforts where it's like, you know, opportunities to give back to the veterans. And mm-hmm. especially for those of us who didn't serve, I feel like we almost have a responsibility to do what we can when we can. Absolutely. Uh, to, to help them because it's like, you know, you expect this guy to go into whatever fight he's going mm-hmm. into and sacrifice some of the best, you know, years of his life or her life. Um, some of, uh, some of the, some like, and, and basically changed their minds and their mentalities through the course of what they have to go do and face. Mm-hmm. And then we expect them to just come back to our society, normal society and just mm-hmm. function. And a lot of them, thankfully, you know, they find their way, but a lot of them have a hard time even like, you yeah. know, adjusting to normal day-to-day life and so you know uh, people like kevin with trail therapy Mm -hmm. off-road will take guys out and um you know essentially do therapy through off-road trails it's kind of back in their space having Mm -hmm. to be kitted out having to be prepared having to be like you know on a schedule having to like you know um have a plan and i think there's a lot of parallels to what they do when they're in the military so it helps kind of ease them back in and gives them a safe place um it gives them something to focus on too which is good and and see some of the great beauty that's out there i mean i know we had a friend uh who 
really suffer with PTSD and and his kids would say the time he was most himself was when we were out on camping trips and trails with him and and they just loved it and you know we were just grateful to do anything to help yeah yeah, no, that's awesome. So I'm um, stoked, stoked about that. That's uh, that's a good cause. And of course, Tread Lightly is always in the mix, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if we don't take care of the trails and the off-road parks, I mean, people, it's, it's you know, I think it's, got, it's gotten a little bit better. I mean, Hammers last year was the best I've ever seen it. Yeah, I think we were, I was, we were out I was every morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 8, 8 a.m. up. Yeah. Uh, would have rather slept in um, out there cleaning with the off the grid uh, off the grid surplus crew and yep. myself and I know you guys were at Thunder and we were over on the other side of the course and it was seriously the best I've ever seen it yeah. I mean like thank you people for taking Shipping the initiative in. yeah. and picking up what you see I mean the trash may not be yours but you know like you said that one time if you see it it's yours if you see it you've claimed yeah, it yeah you know? exactly um, what we did actually was funny and I think hopefully they do it again is we just I took a shit ton of trash bags and I just mm-hmm. started tying it to every other post and it was like a ridiculous amount of bags but yeah. the next morning they were actually full Exactly. People actually used it. So, you know, half of it's also they just need a place. And if there's no place, then these assholes, they're going to be drunk. Right. And you get careless when you're drunk. Right. And, you know, it's not an excuse, but it's a fact. Like, right. it's just what happens. And mm-hmm. um, to expect the drunk guy to think, you know, do your part and best practice of, you right. know, not going to really happen. Exactly. But, if, but that drunk guy will see a trash can. And if they were raised somewhat right, yes. they'll probably use the trash can before they throw it on the ground. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so um, looking forward to doing the same uh, this coming year uh, in February. And if you guys are interested in wanting to help volunteer, uh, reach out to me. I will make sure your name gets to the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got Brandon Alvarez now helping in the Southern California. I don't know if he does Northern California, but definitely Southern California area. I've been working with him a lot now. Yeah, he's um, doing a great job. Yeah, he's it's doing nice to have him in the area. And he's a great human being, too. Absolutely. Super nice guy. Helps, I know. mean, ready to go out there if if anybody sees trails that they need to clean up on you know reach out to us and you know we're trying to get those scheduled you know i mean it's it takes a village and thankfully the off-road community has been great about when trail cleanups are scheduled coming out in full force and, and really helping to to take care of that yep all right. Well, it sounds like people are starting to pack up and leave. I almost I hear bass in the distance. Yes. <laughs> so got to make sure uh, the music doesn't really come on and totally ruin our podcast. Um, thank you so much for hanging out. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming out, doing the pizzas, yeah. doing everything. Uh, it was it was a great time. Yeah. And send me an invite. I want to come to your event at the Hammers. Yeah, I, I know a guy. I, I know that. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are interested, you can uh, um, follow us on Instagram at uh, Rigged for Dirt. You can follow me at Kate the Jeep. Where can they find you? At arctrooper.jl on Instagram and on the website at arctrooperjl.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to the second part of the first episode of the year of Rig for Dirt, the podcast that brings something to you, whether it's adventure or inspiration. Hopefully we can figure that out together this year. I am joined by two very good friends. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, boys. Uh, Matt. 
three, two, one adventure. And Eric with American Overland. You know, these these two sitting with me are two of my oldest uh, friends that I've made throughout being in this industry. Um, you know, it's funny when you look at all the people that surround you and being in this like, you know, overland off-road vehicle camping kind of space, it's kind of cool to see like, you know, how your, your entire network starts to take a different shape. You know, everyone, everyone in your group is kind of like into the same shit, which is cool. And, you know, we were just talking about this last night where the amount of time we get to spend, especially on the trail, you get to know people in a, in a way that you normally wouldn't even get to know them. Like say, if you have a coworker that you're friends with, it's not the same kind of understanding, right? Yeah, the trail puts a pressure test on any relationship. It, it makes you, it shows your, your true self of, I mean, if you have a trail breakdown or some things don't go to plan and plans need to change, uh, people's attitudes towards those like small developments and trail breakdowns are emotional and they're not small and sometimes they're, if you don't have like the right training or support, they can be very problematic. But it's it's the way you act in those situations and the way that like you see your friends react and stopping to help out people when it's not even your group and just making sure like, you know, fellow travelers are gonna make it to their destination yep. okay too. Yep. I think it even goes a little bit further than that too. I mean, are you chipping in the camp? Are you helping clean if you're not cooking? Are you telling good stories by the nope. campfire, you know? Yeah, are you leaving campsites better you, than you found exactly, it? Exactly, exactly, you know? Uh, we always say, you know, do the tread lightly thing, leave it better than you found it, and that's one of, the reasons, and one of the reasons every time we leave a campground, my kids are out here with the trash bag, cleaning up every single time, making sure that it's better than when we got here. Yeah, yeah um, 100%. I, congratulations are in order with the uh, formal adoption of Lytle Canyon. Oh, Lytle Creek, yeah. Yeah, Lytle, yeah. Lytle Creek. Yep. And I've seen both of your families, your kids out there learning those values, oh, putting yeah. in it's work, great. cleaning up, painting over graffiti, and just kind of understanding at that earliest possible age, if, if, if you value it, protect it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to instill that uh, early on because they carry it with them. My, my dad was um, very aware of just common sense practices outdoors and he's kind of he put it into me um and then being able to do that for the kids is uh, i think it's just the responsible thing to do as a parent especially if you enjoy going outdoors and whatnot um but yeah yeah we we adopted Lado creek uh we recently did i haven't even talked about this but we did our uh third trail project with the National Forest Service and Tread Lightly. Woo! Congratulations. Thank you, sirs. Um, and uh, it was awesome. I mean, we didn't, in my opinion, I don't think we did a lot. I did lose my dog for an hour, which sucked, but other than that, I don't think we did a lot. We put well, in we, yeah, we, we dragged science, a, right? We dragged a 3,000 pound rock in place to close off Was illegal. that 3,000 pounds? You think that rock was 3,000? We, we thought so, because yeah. it was a it was a big granite boulder. So we, we slid that into a place where a the driveway entrance from the wash, which you're not supposed to operate in because it's a watershed for the community below and they don't want your diff oil in their drinking water. Yeah. Um, so valid reason. A lot of people drive in it because it looks like a flat road. And it looks, so it looks it, like an open wash area that you'd drive in in yeah. BLM kind so of section. So some signage and the yeah. obvious boulders closing off access are, are helpful. Seems obvious. It's not. Yeah. Or people just move them out of the way because they don't get yeah. a fuck. And then we found a camper shell that was halfway buried in the creek that we ended up unburying. How, how long did that take you to unbury? 
it seemed like it had been buried there for a while because the sediment inside of it had settled like concrete. Yeah. And we were beating it away with one of those crazy beaver tools, like the murder the shovels, spork. Yeah. And uh, we, we put it to test. I mean, we, we, were, we were beating it up and, and digging Dude, mine it out. mine has gone through everything, yeah. And it, it, it didn't damage the tool at all. But uh, over the course of about 45 minutes and shifting it around, we got the weight out enough so we could drag it down the canyon and dispose of it properly. Yeah, it was you, uh, it was you Ben, and um, um, Barbara. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, Matt's been out with his daughters. We've painted, uh, we've painted gates and signs. Me and Matt have climbed rock faces to remove graffiti. Um, that that second project was was a lot more involved. We had a, I think we had a few more people, and uh, it was a longer day. But um, our group on the third project installed the signs, painted the signs, painted part of the gate. And then did the rock. We also did a check on some yellow post sites. Found the site that was still smoldering. That's right. You guys gotta. You guys have to. Uh, um, if you're listening to this, you have to douse. You have to mix and smother. You have to make sure that there's like no more smoke. That it's not hot. Like when you're kind of putting your hand over it, that you've truly extinguished the flame. Because um, if a gust comes. The, if it's still super hot, it's going to evaporate what little attempt maybe you did um, with like maybe a bottle of water you had and you thought that was enough. The gust will come, it'll blow up the embers, it'll land in a tree, and then you've got a problem. And it's super expensive for the person who accidentally did it and didn't know better, but not knowing is not an excuse uh, when it comes to uh, forest fires and uh, save yourself some hassle. Yeah, it's a tinderbox around here. Last two weeks have been nice, but... We got a heavy rain last year around this time, so we need sustained heavy rains for the rest of the season Yeah, uh, to, to kind of help out in any meaningful way with this drought. It's still uh, very dry in most places. What people don't understand is that um, part of the problem is the amount of fuel that's on the ground um, from having such a dry season. So there's a ton of just ready to combust material. Um, and you think, oh, it rains. Okay, cool. But the sun also comes out. And it also dries. And once it dries, it goes back to that state of being ready to burn again. Especially once we have these dry, hot, hot, you know, days that come and slap us across the face. Hopefully it kind of stays this way for a little while longer. And we get what you said, which is, you know, more just moisture in general. Um, so we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, the suppression of, uh, the suppression of wildfires definitely causes issues um the lack of burns also causes issues that, that that fuel ends up having to go somewhere and do something right um but yeah uh the Lido creek thing's rad we gotta actually have to get my we have to get the rig for dirt and then the sponsor logos on there everyone who's helped us uh make it happen i mean we've had magnaflow rebel uh milestar huge huge partners row of adventure beers being making sure we're happy at night you know every single uh keeping volunteers hydrated yeah keeping the volunteers hydrated um keeping the spirits up correct keeping the spirits available um and uh i'm gonna make sure that all their names are on there and then um some of the repeat people that have been coming out i'm gonna see if i can fit the rest of the names on there and we could have something that we're proud of and then something to bitch about when we see the families that come and just wreck that spot because they do like you said they drive in the wash the wash is not a road it, it's not 
the rocks are there for a reason. People don't realize because they don't see water. They don't realize there's water flowing underneath those rocks. It's still yeah, there's still it looks like a dry river, like any drainage. Right. Uh, and you'd think, oh, water's not flowing right now, but 18 inches under your feet, which are completely dry and on top of gravel, is is a flowing river. Yeah. And, uh, and Lido Creek's one of those special spots that it, it's an entry level spot. Uh-huh. The lower portions of the canyon you can get to with a passenger vehicle or right. a minivan and get your family some beautiful time outdoors. The higher you go, the more like a four wheel drive with high clearance is required. Hang on one second, let's let this, uh, this helicopter uh, cruise and do its thing. Coming for us. Yeah. Son of the bullies. <laughs> Any KRS ones? <laughs> KRS one pans out there? No. <laughs> um, I don't agree with that song, but it is a classic. Um, there we go. But I think the accessibility is a wonderful thing, but it also leads to folks that don't have like camping values instilled. Right. And so they'll finish their beer can and throw it into a manzanita bush like someone's going to come clean up after them and unfortunately we go up there and we have to because we don't want it to turn into a dump and you don't uh, want it to be gated off yeah either. i was gonna say have it shut down so yeah, you can't go the shutdown shit is like everyone bitches about it but like everyone wants to bitch but nobody wants to like volunteer and like go make sure it's like taken care of and if everyone just cleaned up a little bit more at their campsite right. than what they brought with them. Just take a couple pieces of extra trash home with you, yeah. there would be no issue. Yeah. And well, so it's be like allowing a, yeah. few, allowing a few to ruin it for the many, so the many really need to step up and like do your extra part. If it's if you see it, if it's one of your favorite campsites and it's a little bit dirtier than you like, do something about it. And that's exactly what you did. Um, it's like put your money where your mouth is. Like yeah. The first time I went out to Lytle, loved it. The kids loved it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it snows out there abundantly when the season's good and cold. And so you can go out there and build a six foot tall snowman easily and have a great time with, with children and have a fire at one of the yellow post sites, of which there are quite a few and they're all great. There's a first come, first serve, not first reservation come, like forest service. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Light Oak Creek is all first come, first serve. And uh, there's a, there's quite a few yellow post sites along the way. I think we've talked about this probably at some length uh, on a earlier podcast but um honestly just uh if you go out there you know treat it with respect like you would your hopefully your own home hopefully uh, you never know maybe better <laughs> yeah maybe better than your own home uh, and uh and yeah yeah enjoy it enjoy it because we, we we do we and, and yeah clean up clean up your spot a little bit one of the interesting facts that stuck with me from the forest service mm-hmm. was that they asked us not to clean up historical artifacts so the canyon's been in use for mining right. from the earliest days of like the gold rush. And there are old tin cans and buried items. And the Forest Service was like, no, leave that stuff there. That's historical artifacts. So trash from long ago is looked now at, is looked at <laughs> as like a fossil record. This is not an activity. excuse. <laughs> this is not an excuse. Not an excuse. You <laughs> don't need to clean up the old rusted stuff. They probably told us that so they didn't have to administer tetanus shots. Correct. Yeah. Um, but if it's if it's newer trash, if it's glass, if it makes it so kids and dogs can't run around safely and have a good time, spend an extra minute. But the it's, old, it's worth it for everyone. The old gold miner guys, I mean, they were actually like part of the historical legacy of capitalism in America. Like it was like the beginning of creating a life 
out of this land and the most abundant one of the most abundant things at the time was gold like this awesome thing you could work for and make a lot of money at and and build your homestead and you know have a have a you know build your society you know and it built it built towns it built cities um your trash uh your di- your baby's diaper is not part of that legacy <laughs> no making time capsules at the Dude, your, your toilet paper that you've left in that bush is not part of that legacy you know it's like pick that shit up and take it with you yeah pack it in pack it out yeah um what else today today actually um you can hear how kind of serene. Maybe you hear a little breeze come through. You heard that helicopter going over. Uh, we are at a. It's a. What would you call this? An established campsite. Um, a, a kind it's an, of. It's an established group site in the national forest. Yeah, in Cleveland National Forest. It's, With facilities. So yes. We have fire rings. We've got tables. We've got two sources of water. We've yeah. got toilets. Toilets. I mean, it's nothing that you hardcore overland types would think of ever going to, which is fine. Um, but uh, we didn't know. Uh, actually, we thought maybe there was a place where we'd be able to like post up our vehicles and kind of circle the wagons. But this time, it wasn't the fact. It's uh, what's it called? Yarrow. 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 At the at the Falcon Group campsite. Yep. yep. And uh, it's beautiful though. It is absolutely gorgeous here. The the canopy of trees. Um, just. I mean, it doesn't even suck having like it's got a massive firing, um, and you know, it's got a bucket with water so that you know they've already provided you the bucket. There's no excuses to like not get your drown fire. the fire. Yeah, not drown the fire, not mix it up. And uh, there's it's funny though this this place can hold like a hundred people in the site, but it can only hold ten vehicles. <laughs> it's like would you say it's like a consumer van site? All fourteen passenger vans. Yeah, yeah passenger fourteen van passenger site. vans. I guess you could fill it up, or if everyone Ubered out here, it yeah. is it is all paved roads, no airing down. Uh, for this camping adventure. Right. No airing but down. Um, airing down's not always required to get a night under the stars. And I would say was, as far as like regular campgrounds nice. go, you're battling other campers. Here, we literally have this entire campground yeah. to ourselves. You know, we have our yeah. own toilet. We're not sharing. We have our own vaulted, you know. Yeah. We have our own picnic benches. You don't hear anybody. Yeah. I didn't hear anybody last night. Did you guys hear anybody last night? No, not a, not a soul. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, just my kids waking me up every like thirty minutes. It's cold. I gotta pee. I'm hungry. It's cold. I need to pee. <sighs> I can't sleep. Shut up. I can. <laughs> God damn it. Ten more minutes. Ten more minutes. <laughs> I thought I had it down. They had breakfast in bed. Oh. They had their DVD player in bed. I'm like, leave me alone. I heard you guys get up early. I was like, fuck. And then and then it was quiet. I'm like, thank God. Actually, for them, that was late. Oh, was it late? Yeah. Seven. It was like six thirty, something yeah. like that. Normally, it's five a.m. Dad, I'm hungry. I want to watch cartoons. It's Saturday. Provided all that, they didn't want any of it. They want to get out of the tent and go play. Yeah, but it, I mean, like I said, it's a great spot. There are mountain lines here, so you have to be cognizant of that and make sure keep an eye on the littles. Um, but it's beautiful. I mean, what really sucks is we've been commenting on it like pretty much the entire time. But there's there's a ring of like what looks like a wide road that vehicles were traversing and it's a perfect spot for like four to six vehicles to just circle the wagons and camp out oh well i think it's time that they update their accommodations for campers like in general right yeah because i I feel like if the forest service and the you know government 
offered sites that are established that make it easier for families to just pull up and camp, they should recognize that there's, you know, an overland contingency with like rooftop tents and that like to provide spaces for those. Uh, I think it would modernize the camping experience. I think this is a perfect example of that. But then I could also see like people coming in and like driving in the muddy areas when it's been saturated and raining and and, rutted out and rutting it out and exactly and vehicles that aren't made for it so like it's tough it's a it's it's a wobbler it goes both ways there's there's logic on both sides i I I would like to see some more like updated facilities and and i think that would get like more people into using sites responsibly and by funding the site it wasn't that much to rent this giant group campsite and that money goes into protecting the land keeping the facilities open paying the people that do the paying work the volunteers you know yep. well, whatever paying someone to round up volunteers yeah uh, well that doesn't pay actually <laughs> you do that for free um but uh but we always actually feed everyone really well so I, that's always my incentive to whoever comes to help out is like you will be fed well you will have drinks and you will be hydrated and it will be good in that respect and so all we ask is four to five hours of work and uh it ends up being a great party and everyone ends up making new friends and having a good time so this last time was no exception um but yeah man i mean if you're if you if you're the national forest service and you have these established sites that you actually register and you take money on um updating them to where a vehicle can maybe have a portion of it and be able to set up a rooftop tent and do that thing um, makes a lot of sense because a lot of these sites have a solid 10 by 20 spot that's only intended for parking and I've actually been yelled at by a ranger in the past where I've used that spot to open up my tent They're like you can't do that and it's like well it's all I got it's like I, it's how I'm sleeping tonight I, I don't know? have another option <laughs> yeah so you know like what I would do is I'd flip over the tent and the ladder would go into the actual site yep. and my vehicle would still be in the parking spot and that wasn't okay so it's like there needs to be an understanding of the reality of what life is life life progresses and it evolves and you can either still hang on to how it used to be or you can start making the moves to make it you know what it should be yeah there's no more hitching posts for horses at most campsites but you know that used to be the way right that used to be the way so at a a certain point the infrastructure of campsites the way they're laid out where vehicles are allowed access to eh, could use rethought and at certain campsites it'd be easy put down some gravel make it easy by the way Sorry, just Where? part of nature. There's literally being. Oh, you just squished it. You like, like literally under your ass. He's pissed yeah. off. He's gonna go get his homies, and we're fucked. <laughs> well, it flew away. So <laughs> yeah, to tell, yeah. To tell he's, all he's up in the tree eyeballing you right now. <laughs> oh, great. Buzz, buzz. Everybody attack this dude. Everybody get ready to jump into your uh, jeeps. If you guys hear us, uh, drop the mics. It was Eric's fault. <laughs> I had been warned. You booped him on the head. <laughs> I'm pissed and flew away. <laughs> that poor bee. This guy hit me in the head with his ass. It's not expecting that this early in the morning. <laughs> I do not appreciate. All right. Speaking of early in the morning, we were talking earlier about like acceptable drinks. Acceptable drinks for the morning. All right. Um, I mean, this portion of the podcast we discuss uh, acceptable beverages. Yeah. With breakfast. With breakfast. Breakfast. Beverages. Yeah. Like yeah. Marys are a commonly accepted beverage. Mimosas are mimosas, fancy. Mimosas, but they I don't all like have bringing, a, I don't like bringing glass on the trail. And yeah. They all have a female connotation to them. It doesn't. I mean, it's not. I mean, I, stop me. I'm down for a mimosa and a bloody mary, uh, but like the mimosas sounds like brunch with the besties, you know? Tequila so, sunrise. 
ridiculous. There's another one that's acceptable, right? Totally. But, screwdriver. A screwdriver. But how about cider? Cider was my go-to this morning. Yeah, me too. Not just because it was available. It sounded good. Yeah, it's always refreshing. Cider is like a nice, refreshing, kind of sweet thing that would go, would go along great with your Danish, you know? In that in, in a camp in the morning, you but we did it. have way better than a Danish. We had a fucking pretty bomb ass breakfast burrito on on the scottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah we had uh, leftover tri-tip and potatoes, eggs, and cheese. Yeah. We should talk about where that tri-tip came from too. But um, yeah, that scottle made quick work of all those ingredients that all remained on the scottle for the entire time and they were done at different stages you even like rendered the tri-tip in its own fat and then made the eggs in that in a combination with butter it was delicious thanks it buddy turned out real good yeah good scottle job. is like for meals like that to feed a group all one meal uh there's not very much cleanup it, you really just have to work on the timing uh -huh. and then like the temperature rings and when things are done cooking you move them to the outside ring and immediately get something in that inside spot and yeah. that, so it's kind of a keep that temperature where it needs to be exactly yeah, yeah it, it heats up really really fast and then you'll get burns on things so you have to have the food ready to go have your prep work done in advance yep. and then just add things in at the right time and man you can you can feed it group of 10 easily off the scuttle dude jerry's always like when are you gonna get a scuttle i'm like why do i need a scuttle every single one of my friends that i go out with have a scuttle so <laughs> and it's way easier if they cook than if i cook so yeah, they've got it down already <laughs> yeah speaking of cooking uh at rick for dirt um earlier in this podcast uh, just to let you guys know we had an amazing turnout and some of the most amazing breakfast food camp breakfast foods people were making things like german pancakes which i'd never seen before like which was like all the batter into like a, a oven tray and it went into like this uh 120 volt uh um oven that was connected to i guess the stock power outlets of a rivian and i'm like oh man do you have like a i didn't realize it was a rivian when i first walked up and i'm like do you have like a inverter no man it's i'm like oh shit it's a rivian and he's like yeah i can win this thing and bake stuff and all that and the the truck can totally handle all that power and yeah those needs. things can power your house when when the like power the goes Rivian out. can like yeah. you I cannot... believe so like the Ford F one fifty they're like a backup generator for a house so they so can... rad yep. I don't know what the power draw is like but that uh, assumes that you're running at least like lights television refrigerator multiple things at once but that's cool he he brought an oven with him to yeah, make to breakfast dinner. yeah so wow. we had breakfast pizzas and all kinds of stuff um but uh but yeah and then and then what we discussed okay so we we both agree ciders are breakfast beers um but then where's the line i mean i, I think like you know some people would say a budweiser is a breakfast beer work for me <laughs> beerios y'all can keep those ciders <laughs> Actually, uh, don't knock to, don't knock beer yesterday. Try them, but we we just switched to uh, Pizza Port's uh, Chronic L, which I like a lot. It's uh, it's super easy to drink. It's not the highest uh, alcohol percentage, but it's uh, still early, so it's a breakfast beer. Yeah, it's still a breakfast beer. I think anything below five considers is, can be considered a breakfast beer. Okay, I think that's a fair. What's, what's your Budweiser at? Do you know? It's five. Is it five? Right at five. I think that's the limit. Like five's the cutoff. Five's the cutoff for breakfast. What about like a coffee stout? That might be like eight. Ooh, pa ooh, pastry no, stout. That's true. You might have to pace yourself on that one. Yeah. Though. You have two of those for breakfast, and uh, it's a sipping. You're, you're it's sitting a sipping down beer. for a while. Get back in your hammock, and it's <laughs> you're it's going a, back to your tent for an early siesta. Yeah. Two friends are all packing up and rolling out. Great breakfast, guys. You're sleeping uh, in. Good night. <laughs> 
going back to bed. <laughs> There's always that one guy. I need another two hours. <laughs> Fucking who invited Mike? <laughs> that man definitely doesn't have kids. Son of a- <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And yeah. kids are pets because yeah, yeah, Le- yeah, yeah. Leroy, Leroy dog, was up this morning same time. He, yeah. It was it was so funny and it wasn't because there was other sound being made, but uh, Matt's daughters got up out of the tent sometime around late five or early six, and Leroy also started making noise and wanted to get up and stretch his legs. I heard it all. I'm like, shut up. Yep. Oh, please let me go back to bed. <laughs> you, you don't get to sleep in when you have a. Leroy's like, did you call? Hi. Yeah. If you guys don't know, Leroy is the most beautiful uh, Doberman and such a good dog. And he's become like a staple at the campsites whenever we've, whether we're doing cleanups or just hanging out with the, with the fam. Um, he's a, he's a solid dog to have around. And, you know, if you don't know him, you're, he's pretty intimidating being a Doberman, you know? Yeah. He, he, he keeps, uh, his floppy ears are really cute though. Yeah. He really quickly understands who's in the group. And then if anyone else enters camp or another vehicle drives up, uh, he's an early warning system. He definitely yeah. makes sure that everyone knows that a new person is entering camp. I love having dogs at camp, except when they take off on you. Mountain lion patrol really sucks. Yeah, at this campsite, there's signs everywhere about, like, the average size of male and female mountain lions. <laughs> they frequent the area. What they eat. If they, can't find, if they can't find their normal deer... They will hide your kids. kids. <laughs> hide your wife. <laughs> They're eating everyone's ass. <laughs> They're coming for you. <laughs> the mountain lions here will eat your ass. <laughs> Not in the way that everyone's talking about. <laughs> Not in a good way. Not in a good way. But yeah, there's, it's an interesting site because uh, right when we got it, I was telling Matt, I'm like, oh, it sucks that it's not close to water. He's like, yeah, whatever. We, we've got other spots for that. But actually, there is water. We haven't found it yet, but there's a creek you can hear when everything's quiet. Frogs. And frogs at night. And so me and the boys tried to go find it, but we hit a dead end on one of the trails. But you know, den? We hit a den, too. Yeah, it was a dead end into a den. It was a pretty large den of some animal. I imagine it's probably coyotes or something or whatever. Um, something big enough to make something that size. And so we just turned around and came back. We saw mushrooms that were interesting. Uh, I, I tried to look it up. It looked like they were called jack-o'-lantern mushrooms and poisonous. Uh, but I thought it would be really cool to find somebody who knew all about mushrooms and go on like a, you know, just a half day mushroom hunt mushroom hunt yeah and like point out what's poisonous and will kill you and point out what you know people didn't drop dead from and you know i always think about that those are good don't touch that yeah. those are okay that'll make you sick <laughs> like, it's good reading to bring with you at camp it's yeah. like uh books of uh, edible plants yeah yeah and i don't know if it includes mushrooms in those but like foraging books of the areas you travel it's very interesting knowledge to have and one a- one day could be useful. Could be useful. There's a lot of plants that, like, oh, if you boil it, it's totally cool to eat, like nettle. If you eat it, you can't eat raw, it raw. Yeah, it, that, that's gonna f it you up. Doesn't break down the toxins in it. But yeah. you you steep it for a little bit in boiling water, and all of a sudden it's like spinach. Dude, yeah. that's like such a cool game for the kids to play too. Like, all right, here's the book. Go see what yeah. you guys can find. Yeah, see if what's you can that find plant? These. And is it edible? Yeah, that's like next time. Just yeah. make sure they can read first. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, in your case, yeah, it's a little, it's a little different. But that Jack, grass looks the same as that grass, but that one will kill you. Yeah, that one has like horizontal <laughs> little lines on it that you have to like look really close to see, and you know. Hey, Taco Stand in Encinitas serves a cactus taco. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's like the same cactus that we see out in the desert all the time. Cactus is delicious. It can be. You just need to know how to like work with native plants, and they're cactus, all around cactus us. Cactus fries. The prickly pear chili sauce in Sedona, oh, the Cowboy it, Club. It, it's, exactly, ever. it's exactly oh, yeah. it's that cactus that I'm talking yeah. about, the one with the prickly pear. Yeah. Oh yeah, that grows yeah. on it. Nepales. It's yeah. a it's a popular Mexican dish. Yeah, and it's like I'd like to work with cactus more. I, yeah, maybe a 2023 goal. It's goal setting season. That's yeah? cool. That's something to learn. Come up, with the, we'll come up with the next signature dish because the one that we had last night was insanely good, and we've had it quite a few times now. But it's uh, every time. It's a special brie. Um, I don't want to give everything away. You're, you're, you're more than welcome to, but um, it is insanely uh, we, we, good. We cook up a wheel of brie on the scottle and uh, throw down a layer of foil so there's literally no cleanup to do. You just cook it on both sides until the brie inflates, and then when it's ready, It'll burst, right? When it's ready to burst open is, is when it's cooked and done. And uh, at that point, we, we cover it with like a jar of. Uh, we like spicy jelly. I know some people put like fig jam and other other oh, types really? of just sweet, but the sweet spice oh, that would be too much. The sweet spicy is nice. The sweet spicy is nice. Yeah, yeah. it's so, the perfect mix with the baguettes. Mm. Yeah. So I I know that uh, Tabasco makes a um, hot and spicy jelly, uh, but we go with the one from Trader Joe's, and it's I think it's called sweet and hot uh, jalapeno jelly. Okay. Or pepper jelly. Something it, jelly. It, it's hot it's jelly. Good. If you ask them, they would know what it is. And if it's in season, which I hear it goes out of season for a period of like eight to ten months, there's only a small window you can get it, but it's worth it. Yeah, and now is that time. I, I got a case of it. And I like I like when Eric just makes it. It's way, it's way easier and better. We're going to Trader Joe's as soon as we leave here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Picking yeah. up a couple, a couple jars. Get, which, them all, get them all there in stock, because I, I, in like a month they won't be there, and they won't be back until next December. Get them all there hot. And if you notice, Eric said he made it on the scottle, which goes to show how versatile that scottle is as a cooking utensil, and it packs into like a very small circular space of probably five to six inches tall. Um, the circle itself is what what what's the diameter on that thing uh, probably like 14 inches 14 inches so yeah. it's a super compact deal you use like a regular green can like the one gallon can of uh propane and uh or if we're near the vehicle which we couldn't be on this right. um, on this one we have to park away from the fire but uh normally i would just run the like Two or five pounds run it to the five pound manchester tank which is attached to the jeep yeah that way i'm not burning through those little green coleman's uh but we use that same coleman It'll probably cook 15 meals yeah, before a awesome. one-pound tank goes out. So it's it's pretty efficient. With the flame. Super efficient. Yeah. yeah. Comes in clutch. Um, we did say we'd use some tri-tip for today's breakfast. And that tri-tip came by way of a place called Hafey's. Is that right? Yep. Hafey's uh, Beer Hafey's Garden. Country Market and Beer Garden. Country Market and Beer Garden. Want to talk to us about that? Because that was a great find. You, you're the one who's like, we're going to Hafey's. I'm like, fuck, okay, let's Full check disclosure, it out. Full disclosure, had no idea it was there. Oh, really? I've been up to Hell's Kitchen, which is literally across the street. Before. Uh, apparently that's shut, shut down. down now. Yeah. Um, and we were just looking for a place to eat that was kind of cool. Somewhere we hadn't been. And it's literally right next to the entrance to get to where we're at now. It was amazing. The barbecue is amazing. The bread pudding that he brought out for us was awesome. For for free, by the way. Like Yeah, he gave us bread pudding because he goes he wanted our opinion. Turns out the owner is an overlander, an avid Jeeper, showing us pictures of his excursion all built out, his yeah. CJ sevens. 
It was a really rad place. I highly recommend it if you're in the area. And they have a bunch of uh, like local honey growing around here that's yep. packaged there. Other jerkies and things like that. Really cool spot. Decent and price. You could pick eating. up. You could pick up firewood. You could uh, pick bunch up of camping supplies. supplies. Yeah. Tents to steaks, skewers. I beer, mean, you name beer, it. Water, some foods. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice little country market store. You know, out kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Everybody's super friendly and and nice and uh, yeah, super accommodating. And it's funny. It's like you don't find that too often anymore. But it's like, you know, we were grabbing we were grabbing beers and the register where the where the tap is doesn't um doesn't have a apple pay kind of setup and he's like here just take the beer and remember remember to go inside eventually and tell them and pay for it but it's like okay i like that like that's that's small, the way small you small town vibes that's what that's what you want and it is a small super small town up here uh off the ortega highway um but you know i love you know it's like silverado yeah silverado we've got the silverado market which uh uh my buddy's kind of renovated and now they have food and beer and or have grown and you know it's those those little gems those little spots are like such great vibes just in themselves because of where where they are kind of like you know you're at some kind of altitude over here or down there you're in the bottom of this valley and you know really cool spots and um great to take the kids so always i would i would recommend if you're going out camping somewhere and there's a spot like that go out earlier go there support the local community um put some money into their economy and then go on and adventure wherever you go that little restaurant in Lytle canyon we ate at oh yeah after we were done the hamburgers uh, the cheeseburgers that's so good dude and it's like the only little restaurant in town right there that's what i'm saying there's always those little spots there's those little hidden gems and it's like you're inside of someone's house like even the way the building is laid out it was never built to be a restaurant Mm -hmm. it was a house and then they turned it into a restaurant at some point and it's it's just cool some of those spots and uh and man, the food sometimes is delicious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about going up to um, Big Bear via Pappy and Harriet's. Right. Yeah. It's another yeah, one of those yeah. spots. Pappy which is jam. Dude, it's it's one of my jams. I can't go just on, on an off road trail if I'm going from Joshua Tree area up to Big Bear. Like, oh, there's I some legit. great trails around there, but there's also like great, some great food. barbecue yeah. and, and Pappy's like great barbecue. And and if you're lucky, and I really want to do this, is I want to get there on a night where they have one of their live acts that's coming through you know and they get some real like your bees back for a vengeance yeah, your back, bro. I, thanks I, bud i think it just wants your chronic ale no he wants that it wants that cider it's no, like oh wants that cider. here's where that sweetness is breakfast <laughs> i hope his buddies don't come he's like these guys are a bunch of assholes don't uh, kill it but the, those are the small gems in the oh, middle of nowhere. Here comes his buddy. Now I got a second one. Uh-oh. Are part of the enjoyment of like it's not just going to go see a destination and come home. It's like yeah. exploring, exploring new towns, eating yeah. places you would have never stopped at, running into like a small mountain co-op owner. Right. Exactly. Having yeah. some bread pudding. Having some bread pudding with ice cream. With he, his he with his falcon up. rescue friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so your uh, so your kids can go outside and pet an owl. <laughs> so right. Is that what happened? There's a whole different story, but is that is oh, that, was that? Like, yeah, that was over by our house, over by uh, Irvine Regional Park. Oh, that was the was that at the pizza place? Yeah, you were talking about wise guys. Wise guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, just uh, like, where the hell was I? Random talking eels. Random, yeah, just talking to a guy sitting at the, you know, sitting down at the restaurant. Turns out he's the owner, and one of his patrons that goes there quite frequently is the vet tech for Irvine Regional Zoo, and also owns a like a predator bird or um, what would you call him? Raptor. Raptors, yeah, mm-hmm. like a raptor sanctuary down in Laguna Hills, and he just happened to have a great horned owl, like a burrowing owl, and a red-tailed hawk just in the back of his van, pulling bitching. him out. Letting the kids check them out. Like, you never know. Depends on, uh, you know, who That's you run I'm... into, who you talk to. You, you never know the experiences, especially these little ones. Like, we were talking about, you know, Hafees. It was literally a house. Like, it is now a little tiny country market. And, you know, you sit outside, three beers on tap that he rotates with whatever he's barbecuing. That's so cool. Rad, rad spots. So definitely... uh Take take the extra hour. Exactly. Go eat something different. Dude, the firewood that he had was like oak too. Oh yeah. So that fire, like that, and that he hand cut it. Bitching fire we had. Yeah, he hand cut all that wood. Yeah, as opposed to splitting it or having it brung in or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's his wood off his property. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, hey, buy it where you burn it. <laughs> buy it where you burn it. That's, 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 that's literally <laughs> why we didn't have like the wood that we kind of wanted to have, which was that kind of Ralph store quick burning to like get everything started. So we really had to put a lot of time. I'll tell you a quick hack. My kid, it's funny, we argued about it, like not in a bad way, just I'm like, nah, dude, you don't need this little blower. He's like, Papa, it's only seven bucks. And I have mattress. And I have five dollars at home. And I'm like, okay, fine, if it's really gonna bring you joy. So we we bought this little seven dollar blower at at the at Hafee's and literally worth every fucking penny. Every single one. A hundred. Every cent. It turned what was otherwise wet wood that was just smoldering. I mean, we split as much dry wood as we could. We got to the dry areas with the oak. We took a small hand torch to it and got it lit up really fast. But as soon as that burned, the rest of the wood was obviously wetted out by the recent storms. Yep. And that little blower turned the coals into a blast furnace. Yeah, it's like a 12-volt burner, and it's got, you know, standard, like, kind of 12-volt cigarette lighter plug. And I had my Wagon Tech uh, 1200 um, battery pack and plugged it into that thing, and literally... Uh, we were turning it into like a rocket engine. That that thing would start to run. Like you'd start blowing the fire, and it would kind of look like it was almost going to go out, and then it would slowly start to brighten, and then it would turn into this raging inferno, like you could melt metal in. It was pretty bitching. Yeah, it yeah. got hot, hot. Enough, it dried that wood out yeah. enough to dry out that wood. And Some of that it, wood was saturated too, and it all burned. And it all burned. All, I mean. At the end, we had a huge pile of coals, enough that we were joking around. Wish we had a pig. Yeah, we mm-hmm. wish we had a pig. This is luau <laughs> level of coals we got here. I mean, it, it was definitely all, it was all created oak. an idea. It was all oak and hardwood coals. Like Those would have stayed hot for a long time. But the forest service here, because we're in a dry area, they have lines tapped to local wells. And it's not drinkable water. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not for bathing or consuming That's what they say, yeah. on the signs. But it is... For dousing a fire, and they were even kind enough to leave a bucket at each campsite. Yeah, with a, it's got trans- a hole in it, but it, it works. It's right? a slow leak. Slow, slow leak. Yeah. Slow leak in our bucket, <laughs> but it was enough to get the water like two gallons at a time from the, uh, which is huge. Provided spigot yeah. over to, so it's like. And that's no, what, 50 no feet? No reason not to put out your fire at yeah. a location like this. And that's what, 50 feet from the fire ring to the water? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at minimum, you guys should be bringing out like a couple of those 
two gallon water things if you know you're gonna have a fire just to be able to like douse your shit i mean if if this water wasn't here i would have had to fill up bottles of water from my jeep and walk probably like how, how far would you say be right up the parking lot is from here what would you say the parking lot is from here it's like a good hundred yards maybe yards. more yeah yeah, that's why yeah. I always carry that five-gallon jerry can. Oh, okay. Especially when we're having a regular fire. Smart. Yeah. And, and we so, generally use all of it to put out the fire. That's not a bad idea to to have, like, one of those uh, rotopack, you know, full of water. Just if you know you're going to do a natural fire, have that ready to go so that you can put out your fire properly. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, honestly, I, I don't want to sound like a, a, a nag with that. It's just when you when you do it enough and you see the results of certain actions, uh, when people screw up, what ends up happening is it becomes too much work for the Forest Service to want to deal with or handle. And, you know, closures are always the easiest way of dealing with any, you know, campsite trail situation. Yeah. Just close it off. And I understand, like, the, the phrase is, like, closure isn't management. Yeah. But our friends the Forest Service, there's five of them. And they half a million acres or whatever it is. 250,000 oh. acres or something like that. Yeah. Five guys. It's a vast amount of space. Like <laughs> and five one's guys. a volunteer. Yeah. yeah. So four on salary, one volunteer is, is really, like, Correct. they're yeah. spread thin. They, they do need our assistance. If, if Don't wait for someone else to do something. Like, yeah. obviously, I mean, if, if a road is blocked or something like that i would report it and let them clean it up but uh short of landslides and tree falls uh cleaning up campsites helping out where we can reporting trail maintenance right all that stuff is going to help out these five guys and then volunteers like us can help them get five days of work done in a, in a quick afternoon and if you ever uh if you ever were on the trail and you found some really like gnarly boulders that fell off the the you know cliff and have kind of made it impassable or maybe it's possible for you but you know it's not right as far as the trail is considered um or you see some deadfall big deadfall that's kind of out of place trees across the trail whatever um the forest service will use gaia and they always appreciate maps provided links uh so if you link it if you share it um that'll help them out too to know what's out there and to start scheduling things for groups like mine um to go up there and uh put up a group of people together to, to handle it. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of info on yeah. what type of equipment is needed uh, to rebuild or repair or reopen a yeah. block section of road. It's, it go, A little bit goes a long way. All right, fuckers. So we kind of covered all the, the things that we've done, but it is the new year, and we've got a lot of things kind of planned ahead. I know you have done, Eric, have uh, gotten yourself a little something new. Yeah, new new for the new year. Yep, new for the new year. It's gonna be a fun new project. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. talk about it. Yeah, so well, when gas prices were skyrocketing up into the high sixes, if your only daily driver is your, you know, Jeep, I, I love my Jeep, and it's not a parking lot queen. queen yeah, it does its daily driving, and it did for the last six years. Um, but when gas was getting to a point where it's like my vehicle's paid off, I'm saving for a new vehicle. And then gas hits your wallet with like a plus payment surcharge per month, which <laughs> right. is equivalent to the cost of a new vehicle. You're Correct. like, okay, well, bitch. it might be time to think about something, but I don't want to get like, you know, a vehicle that doesn't allow me to pursue my hobbies. Otherwise I'm going to be stuck driving the Jeep every time I want to go do archery, fly fishing, go take the mountain bike out. Like if yeah. I can only take the Jeep, 
those day trips are now not going to be it's offset. A expensive, yeah. Yeah. So ended up choosing a Subaru Crosstrek, and that's a great choice, bro. Hey, so far <laughs> it's been getting like close to thirty miles per gallon. Your, your color choice is awesome. And got a silver one, <laughs> got a sport package with that. Oh, did, did you get the sport sport yeah. package? That's a great choice too. And then like a week the ago, sport package? and then a week ago, I get a text message. <laughs> Showing me a picture of your car, of what looks exactly like my car, at a fuel station I've never been to, being fueled up by Ali. Yeah, yeah. So we got a double dragon, Subi gang, crosstrek builds. It's it's a Subi gang now. So yeah. if I'm not in the Jeep. You're gonna see me rolling deep in like a little, little lifted Subaru here pretty soon. Subi doo doo doo. Welcome to the game, gentlemen. Yeah. We've had ours for ten years. Yeah. So which is funny at this table, each of us owns a Jeep. And each of us owns a Subaru, which is funny. Um, and, and I will say, Subaru's done such, I mean, being on the marketing side of life, such an amazing job truly connecting with the people that are their demographic and consumer base. Like, they speak the language of their people. They market in a way that's right. I mean, $300 went to this animal rescue they in put Riverside. Their, they put their money where their mouth is. When I bought is. that car. I think of all corporations, they're one of the highest corporate donors of all companies across all, like, industries. Yeah, amazing. So they, they, they they do give back. They they do take a portion of their proceeds and and give back. And the build quality on the cars is fantastic. And just like Jeep, you just talk about the fit and finish. I of those see vehicles. a lot of old Subarus around. You just said yours is ten years old. Yeah, and it has a weather station built into the factory head unit. Like I, I have five weather stations in the local no SoCal area that I can hit with just a button. No way. Yeah. Oh, in mine, cool. right. I, I was driving up in the mountains uh, sometime around New Year's, and the local rain is, uh, is snow up mm-hmm. in Palomar Mountain, uh, east of San Diego. And when the temperature dropped below freezing, a warning came on the dash that said ice possible on right. roads, yep. and it changed a lot of the driver settings. Oh, really? So my traction control, my braking, my acceleration were all now in a different mode no kidding because the vehicle understood due to the temperature the road conditions may include ice so we're going to go ahead and automatically switch you into snow and ice mode and and it it changes like the sensitivity on an anti-lock brake because it understands black ice is possible at that time Mm -hmm. and that's the time of day it happens when the afternoon sun melts a little bit of the snow on the road and then the sun goes behind the mountains and it starts to immediately immediately starts to freeze and and the temperature is just right there but the roads are cold and and then you get ice but uh it's all-wheel drive it's super fun to drive it is it it has enough modern features that i'm happy with it Mm -hmm. but uh I got it as a commuter vehicle that I can still have fun with. Same. I was driving a 500E, and it was... Dude, I will say one thing. If I could have a 500E that I could just... That's the Fiat, not the Mercedes, right? Yeah, 500E, not C. Um, If I could have a 500E that I I have whatever I want to do to it, to do, like strip it out, uh, put in race seats, like truly lighten it up, and like that is the most fun I've ever had driving a piece of shit little car like that. Like that that response, that torque right off the line. I was taking like chargers, like like super loud, obnoxious chargers that I thought they were badass. I was like pulling on them. Like I'd, I'd look over, I'd be like give them a little nod, they'd laugh, and I'd pull on them. Like it was so much fun. And uh, electric that, golf cart. Yeah, the, the weighs handling, nothing. The handling was rad because it weighs nothing. Um, it's on these little tiny 13 inch like you know rubber bands, and uh, it was great. Um, I will miss that, but I will not miss the range anxiety and the fact that instead of a hundred mile like 
advertised, it really got 70 and it would get even less if you actually used any of the amenities like air conditioning or heating or fuck you, dude. You don't get none of that. If you do, hopefully your trip is like 50 miles round trip. Otherwise, you're going to be left stranded, which fun story. I had uh, given my car to a buddy who has a shop, Miller Collision in San Diego. So if anybody needs body work or has an insurance claim, Miller Collision in San Diego is a great, honest, legit spot that my buddy Jason owns and operates. And he's a good human being. He's one of the better ones. And uh, his shop does great work. And so he's no good deed goes unpunished. He's like, yeah, you could just drop your car off at my place in, you know, South Orange County and I'll take it to San Diego. I'm like, oh, bitch. And I'm like, you do understand like it you know driving an electric car is different he goes yeah, yeah no problem and yeah uh, he sends me a picture the following morning of him on the side of the road with the tow truck because <laughs> he ran out of juice right at his exit oh um, my god i felt so bad uh but those days are now gone with the cross track and i'm looking forward to the build up i'm gonna do a more moderate build you're gonna do a little bit you know i don't think you're gonna go crazy but you're gonna do a little bit more extreme have something like more stiff on the suspension and i, I think so yeah fun my, so, my idea is kind of like overland meets ra- rally cross rally cross yeah my my idea is going to be overland meets super functional and the wife still wants to drive it mine's gonna continue to just be the work donkey yeah <laughs> And then once we get another car, maybe Gambler 500. Gambler 500, bro. I am Gambler so- 500, that old girl. Can we make a pact? That I think you can have up to four people as co-drivers. The lady just looked at me from across the campsite with a shit-eating grin on her face. I don't know if you're taking my Subaru to the Gambler 500. You can come, sweetheart. It's all right. Can can the three of us be co-dogs on that? On that? I'd yeah, be a, I'm okay love, with it. I'd as long as y'all fit in the back seat. Can we use it for a 24-hour of lemons, too? Because like, that's on my bucket list as oh, well. Yeah. yeah. I really want to drive. We gotta find the XT Forester though. It's got the turbo and the the manual. (laughs) We got the NA. Actually, I think for lemons, your car can't be more than 500 bucks. Minus the cage that you have to put in by and fire suppression or whatever mandatory. Uh, But the car itself has to be like a $500 buy. Oh, wow. Oh, we can find one. We can find one. The best race in the world. It's like. It's awesome. It's like Le Mans, but Le Mans. Yeah. That's so great. Two days. 24 hours. 12, two days. No 12-hour stints. No, it's two days of 12-hour stints. Oh, is it two days? Yeah. They don't go straight 24? Oh, okay. Not anymore. I think that's how it started, but oh, now it's two two days, 12-hour stints. Yeah, and it's a, it's a riot. Like, it's a full-on party. Everybody's yeah. dressed up. The cars are crazy. You get weird penalties. Yeah. Like, if you where, do something wrong, where does they have them place? around the U.S. Okay. Okay. No, I'm so in different spots. So it's a traveling circuit. It's, it's, a, it's a track. Every yeah, year, it does a different. Track. Yeah. A okay. traveling circus. Yeah. Yeah. If you will. Holy crap! That's they even fun. have a concourse de Le Mans at oh, right. uh, Monterey Car Week now. <laughs> <laughs> so they have their own lemons, like okay, <laughs> Pebble so, Beach essentially. Sometimes I'm watching Top Gear. And those dudes will like be tasked to buy a car for like under fifteen hundred pounds or something like that. Uh-huh. And one of the dudes will like show up with like an old freaking like Porsche or something like that. Yep. It's like, how did you find this for fifteen hundred pounds? Or like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, you're like, how did you find this? Do, do you think? Do you really think you'd be able to find a car? For five hundred dollars, Ford Escort. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Ford Escort is that where you're the way? Geo Metro. I really want a five point Mustang. Find a Geo Metro three banger. Find a crashed Hayabusa, swap the motor. Okay. Full okay. go-kart, rear end, oh, chain drive, here we go. rear handle, uh, hoon handle. So you've been thinking about those. <laughs> I've been thinking about that, doing that project for a long time. I have the space. Yeah, hey, a little Hayabusa motor oh, and, yeah. a, and a little hatchback. You pick it off Ferraris in an 80s <laughs> hey, escort. I will, dedicate a, I will dedicate a 20 by 15 space in my driveway 
for that project. We need a tent. Yeah, well, we'll get a tent for it. But Our, yeah. RV parking. Yeah. Hey, less than two hundred dollars buy in per person. I'd be in on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, find it? We'll do it. That'll be a great like little series we can do for Richard Oak too. Uh, also, if anybody knows of any, shoot them our way. Yeah. Yeah, send the DM. Put the feelers out there. Yeah, but hey, we're, we're officially putting the feelers out there. We're gonna we're gonna build a piece of power. So three three cylinder, two door coupe, Ford Escort from like the eighties. Rick for dirt slash fast friends, gambler five hundred lemons, vehicle. Oh yeah, who can help? Do us? lemons first. Yeah. Have the suspension all down for track days, and then do the 500, put it on some lifting springs oh, or fuck, yeah. some pucks, get some hockey pucks, do it just, old school. Just straight up, yeah, just lifting lifting pucks. Yeah, before, <laughs> we'll use actual hockey pucks. Go. I'll never I'll never forget when I almost totaled my uh, my Jeep at a gambler-related event, which was the Hoopty Cross. Oh, yeah. The Whoops. whoops. That was at a Prim, right? Whoops. That was at Prim, yeah. Whoops. That's why they call them that. Whoops. <laughs> whoops. Whoops. Uh, you went into there too high. A little fast. <laughs> Fucking hell, dude. I was the nervous. I'm like, okay, wheels to the left, I'm in the air. Make sure it goes to the right when I hit the ground. You know, like just keep this fucker straight and try to get off the road as quick as possible. And finally, I managed to get her off once because the side was like a cliff on the, on the, on the like right and, off of the transition. What were you driving? Was it the independent Jeep. suspension or was it solid axle? Oh, it's the Jeep. Okay, the just yeah, Jeep. Kate. Yeah, my oh, Jeep, Kate. Kate. Oh, God. And I was going for it. And I'm okay. like, oh, I got the new suspension kind of in, which was the dual, the dual rears. No, it was dual front and single rears at that time. And I had the L. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see what she can do. And it was I'm an fun. ultra four car. Yeah, it was fun. Dude, uh, I was drifting the turns. I'm like, okay, okay. And then I came off of uh, a left-hand sweep into a series of... Uh, whoops that <laughs> was not prepared nor trained on had no business had no guy. had no experience with them at any solid axle speed. and whoops is is Bro. not a great combination especially <sighs> when they get big especially when you're kind of like you're not perfectly straight on them like you're not perfectly perpendicular um so any little angle will start kicking out that back end and you'll start doing we'll the start crossing cross, yeah either way on whoops you're gonna get that effect on a solid axle vehicle mm -hmm. because the track bar goes from like the left frame to the right axle in the okay. back and the right axle in the left frame in the front oh, interesting. and so it, it so literally if the vehicle catches air one axle Sorry. One axle will move down and left, and the other axle will move down and right. And so with whoops, where you're taking the weight off unevenly, mm -hmm. yeah. it throws the body left to right, left to right on solid axles. It's funny you mentioned so that. So you catch air, and you actually have to counter-steer the landing. Correct, exactly. Because the axle drops out and swings like three inches over because it's connected to the frame via one track bar. Dude, within the first two whoops, I was surprised. I had no idea how the vehicle was going to react. Suddenly I realized, okay, it's kicking it out this way, that way. And then, like you said, counter steer. If it wasn't for the counter steering, I would have been flipping that fucker like probably a good five, six and times. And that's how people roll solid axle vehicles <laughs> on the whoops. Like, son of a bitch. And everybody, like I had witnesses watching this shit. I also had the hoopty cross people watching that shit who were fucking livid. Absolutely love it. Hey, I, I guess on the on the start, I ran over their fucking timing thing, which I fixed with them for with zip ties. But um, they were upset about that, and then and then they were upset that I almost totaled what you know for them. They're like, that's a that's a very expensive Jeep, and you know for you to like roll it. I think for them, they were more worried than I was about rolling it. I was like, okay, I'm in it. And what what happened was is they're like, they're like, uh, why don't you go do a test run? I'm like, cool, no helmet. Awesome. And then as I'm getting into it, 
the organizer, I forget his name, comes running up to my Jeep with a helmet in his hand. I'm like, oh, it's on. Okay. He's, he's basically saying, oh, just go for it. And so as soon as I put the helmet on, I was like, fucking, wow. I'm, I'm the stig. Yeah. Put the I'm helmet like, on, now I'm the stig. Dude, I'm going. And uh, everything was good until those whoops. But anyways, I uh, I think we got off track a little bit. What were you talking about? Just whoops. Subarus are great rally cars. There you go. I say we do it. And now all Gambler, three of us have a Jeep. Gambler and, and whatnot. Super. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's see what happens. I'm I'm looking forward to our build. So what Eric and I ended up doing was okay, we have we have vehicles that are similar. Let's uh let's see what we can do. Um Tread Magazine has come on board to allow us to do an official tread video series on the buildup of these uh Subarus. Um and it's and it's going to be an ongoing series with them and as we get through it and as we hit the culmination we'll get a feature of the vehicles in the magazine and they'll also support with like newsletters and whatnot so we got a really good media plan uh that we've managed to uh solidify in the past week um and now it's just you know bringing on partners we've already got like casey of course is always supporting both of our vehicles and uh and we're slowly starting to uh kind of build out the plan so more to come on that yeah i think mile star tire might mile be releasing star. an option that fits that size vehicle that has some new, the, some, the some new road manners and off highway manners that yeah. we're looking for yeah a new tire that martin was excited about so we're gonna but that's not gonna be for a little while but we'll see uh, as it uh, as it gets closer when the pre-release stuff comes out and what we're gonna do but you know dirty life is on uh torque oil as usual uh from outfitters um has also come on board uh uh, on my end, I think you're either going to do printer or possibly front runner, so we'll look at what that what that looks like. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, beyond that, you, Matt, need to get your fucking Jeep fixed so we can start doing shit without worrying about it. I mean, it's still running. It's still running and it sounded good. It didn't sound bad, but you you you've been hearing a tick coming from the valve cover. Yeah, it sounds like a rocker arm starting to go, or the uh, camshaft's not Ugh. liking its life anymore. But it's a uh, very intermittent. And it'll come and go. Won't hear it for a week. All of a sudden, I'll be idling in a drive-thru, picking up my kid from school, and start to hear a random tick again. Dude, that sounds like something's loose and is then settling back into where it was and then getting loose again. Like, it sounds like you need a screwdriver is what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like I need to just take the time and pull the valve cover off and start yeah. doing some work, but I have not had the opportunity, especially with the rain that we've had lately. Yeah, it's been shitty. Every day I've had off a... It's pouring rain. And you don't have and a garage. And my Jeep does not fit. No. Not even the... I can't even get the, the hood enough, of the right? Jeep yeah. into the garage. Yeah. So, to to be determined. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm. That might be another uh, project for the boys. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to see kind of what was involved on pulling that. I mean, I've seen people who do it, and the motor stays in the Jeep, and oh, just yeah. there's a lot of parts out we, of it. We did that from a 100,000-mile yeah. service on the Pentastar. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we pulled the manifold off and had access to all of the fuel did rails. Did you do your own? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Did yeah. you swap anything out? Uh, all of the gasket seals, all of the spark plugs, and... I think that we just cleaned up in there and put everything back. Okay. I mean, don't be scared, guys, out there, um, especially those of you starting out. Start start hanging out with people that do stuff. Uh, offer to help. Offer to be, you know, uh, willing to, to, you know, wrench. It's kind of how I've learned everything I know. Um, and, uh, and, you know, an extra hand's always helpful as long as they're willing and willing to listen. Uh, as long as you're willing to listen, people would be willing to have you help them um and you learn a lot and there's a lot you can do on your own that will save you a lot of money 
and uh, always helps to have friends around and available. It's also another excuse to go hang out with the boys. Well, it's I my mean, favorite I think I time hang to hang out, out with the boys. Yeah. See, I think I hang out with you guys more wrenching than we do camping, but we do all the wrenching so we can go camping. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of goes, uh, you know, hand in hand. Yep. So, yeah, I can't imagine paying people to do the work that I can do myself. Right. It's, not, it's like putting a lift on a Subaru. I lifted my buddy's cross truck. There's no way I would pay someone to do that. You put in frame spacers on the subframe, you throw in the new shocks, you take it in to get an alignment. Don't get mad like, when the Gambler 500, you know, 14 year old forcer whoops you boys. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I can't believe it's exactly one hour right now of uh, us talking. I, was, I expected to see 30 minutes on there, and that's how it always feels when we get together and hang out. The days go by way too fast. Um, for those of you out there, if you're interested, you know, follow along. Uh, Rick for Dirt. Um, I always post up the events as they come up. Frank is usually taking care of the meetups that we have on the first Saturdays of every uh, month, uh, which is growing. So stoked to see that once again grow since COVID. COVID kind of kicked us in the balls and we had will, to move will locations. Will those always be a breakfast buffet now? No, 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 no. We, we, I mean, there's people I mean, that will, could. There's people that always do bring stuff. You can. And they do it. Yeah. And it's like up to them. But, you know, this one that, was that kind was of like... Special that, that was a special. That was a special New like, Year. First, first one. First of one of the year. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. one was a little bit special. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm also trying to work out um, an evening meetup in uh, the Riverside 909-951 area, whatever it is. Like, maybe Temecula, I don't know, but I might, if I do Temecula, it'll probably be in partnership with uh, um, Jesse and Robert Puffenberger over there because they've done such a great job building the community with the Temecula Jeep Club. And uh, if we take on a new day for Rick for Dirt, it might be like a Tuesday taco day. I love tacos. Yeah, I love tacos too and beer. Um, and uh, <laughs> If you don't like tacos and beer, yeah. you're not going camping with us. Yeah, you should have come. Yeah, come yeah, you can't, you can't get with us. Um, I don't care if you drive. Do you like tacos or beer? Right? <laughs> you can come. Sign, but, uh, up. Sign up for the event. As far as the future of Rick for Dirt goes, you know, this is a great, you know, it's great that I've been able to kind of um, pull. <laughs> tell her, babe. You tell those kids. She's like, you finish that stupid podcast and leave. Matt, why don't we let you go so you can. That was, uh, that was towards the kids. No, I know. I, I hope she doesn't freaking yell at you like oh, that. She'll come over here and yell at you first. Oh, really? Trust me. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> love, we love Lauren. Um, but uh, Rick for Dirt, you know, I said either I'm going to do it today or yesterday, uh, which I started with Jesse Puffenberger and talked about her Rebel Rally fundraising and all that that she's doing. So that was on the first half of this podcast. This podcast is going to be pretty long. I think it's going to be about hour 30, hour 45. Um, but that's my gift to you for putting up with the fact that I've been uh, AWOL. <laughs> For probably a good two and a half months, which has been amazing, not have to worry about setting up equipment and worrying about the podcast, which is work. It is work at the end of the day, but it's fun work. Um, and we're getting it going again. And Frank is going to be a little absent from these moving forward. Uh, we're, we'll definitely get Frank back on as he still wants to be, you know, part of it. But he's got a lot of, uh, you know, sometimes you have to be honest with yourself and say, how much time do I have for shit that I do? Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? And, uh, you know, to me, I think the community that... We've managed to build over the years. Uh, it's been uh, almost five years now. We're, we're in our fifth year. You know, there's a responsibility there. I, I, you know, until you guys tell me you hate it and it sucks, 
I'm going to keep trying to get this out. And huge thanks to, like I said, Milestar Tires, Magnaflow, uh, Rebel Off-Road uh, for supporting uh, what we do to uh, Tread Lightly and Rove Adventure Beer and the United States Forest Service for um, supporting the, the project work that we do. And I feel like there's just too much, too much has been built and too much work has been done to just see it die. I, I can't. Summer and camp. Fucking summer camp. Fucking all. Summer camp. The the Lytle Creek Trail. Like, yeah. there's, there's some some great things that you guys have done that are not just, like, entertainment and knowledge and right. sharing and community, but, like, actually giving back. Actually, like, putting in the time, yeah. which totally. is, it is time. It is effort. It's days away from your family. But it's also supporting the infrastructure for the, like, you know enjoyment that we like to have on weekends and long holidays 100 percent. yeah and you know we don't push the merch we do have some like we do have some things that you can buy on our website to support us um but it's not push i don't give a fuck don't buy anything i don't care um but you know the sponsorships always help uh because it helps kind of justify the gas there's a lot of money that goes into it and all that so for this uh for this initial period um we we will still um i would still love to just acknowledge all the support and the fact that we couldn't have done it the way we did it without Magnaflow, Milestar, Rebel, uh, Rebel, Rebel Off-Road, um, and all of you who listen in all the time and uh, comment and follow our Rick for Dirt Instagram page and comment on there and, you know, are just active within the community. And those of you who come out to the cleanups, it's, it's amazing. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. With that said, like I said, we're, we're over an hour now. Uh, we're kind of packing up. We got to be out of here by two uh, from this site. Check it out if you're interested. Cleveland National Forest, a lot of spots around here that, uh, you know, they're kind of developed. So if you're a traditional overlander, you need to be on the dirt. Maybe not for you, and it's fine. Uh, but if you want to take the kids somewhere that's got all the amenities, you don't have to worry about bathrooms and all that shit. Perfect one-nighter. Perfect one-nighter. For sure. Agree. Yeah. Halfway yeah. between the Inland Empire and Orange County. Yeah, it's Can't a great halfway it. spot, if, especially if you have friends over the hill. Yeah. Can't beat it. Yep. Thank you guys, as usual, for listening. And that, that sums it up for the first episode of the year. We'll be back with more. We're back on our normal schedule every two weeks. As usual, more to come.